Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. Today, we have an interview episode with Noah Levin, who is the director of design at Figma. Noah and I had a really fun conversation about Figma and how they built a web-based and collaborative uh, tool that that you can use on your Chromebook to design and prototype. And we talked about FigJam, their new kind of whiteboard uh, software service that they're that they're offering. We talked about uh, education and their their partnership with Google and all of the cool things that they're doing there and how they are basically giving Figma to students for free and, and allowing them to get introduced to design. And we wrapped up with a little bit of discussion about their conference that they're doing for educators. So it's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. With no further ado, here's my conversation with Noah. This episode of the Chromecast is brought to you by Visor. Do you manage your school district's Chromebooks? If you're tasked with getting hundreds or thousands of Chromebooks ready for students this summer, you'll want to listen to this. Visor is a Chromebook and IT asset management software designed specifically for school districts. Visor seamlessly integrates with the Google Admin Console and your student information system, including PowerSchool. With Visor, you can easily see which student has which Chromebook, manage repairs, and even automate disabling lost or stolen devices while notifying parents all in one click. To find out how Visor can help your school manage Chromebooks, head over to visor.cloud slash unbox. That's V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash unbox, or just click the link in the show notes. Alrighty, Noah, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the Chromecast. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, we um we were we were getting caught up here uh, a little bit right before uh, we started rolling, and uh, and I was saying I'd 
looked around on your LinkedIn, you actually spent some time at Google. So anytime that we get to chat with folks that spent some time at Google, it's always fun. Uh, but love love some of the work that you're doing with, with Figma now. Uh, so tell folks a little bit, like what is it that you're doing over at Figma? Yeah, sure. So um, I lead the design and writing teams at Figma, meaning we work on the experiences of using Figma and FigJam, uh, making them easy to use, designing new features, um, doing research, all kinds of things to just make sure that that the products we build are easy for people to use and that they're getting the experience they're hoping to get when they try it out. Um, and so we're a team of about 35 people now that work on this every day. Wow, very cool. Um, so we, let's just kind of hop right into, for any of our listeners who maybe this is their first time hearing about Figma or, or you, you threw out kind of Fig Jam there too, another, another product that you all have. Um, for anybody who's, who's listening and maybe isn't familiar uh, what is what is Figma and and what is FigJam? Yeah, um, so Figma is a web-based design platform, uh, and it helps teams build products together from beginning to end. And so, what we're really trying to do is make sure design is more accessible to everyone, and building it on the web helps that happen, right? Because it's easier to get to on any device, um, whether it's kind of a uh, entry-level Chromebook or, or a high-end MacBook, it doesn't matter. You can just get right in there and start making things. And so we do have two products now. And so Figma is a tool that lets people design uh, all kinds of applications, you know, websites, uh, and lets them prototype them as well without writing any lines of code at all. So they can just go ahead in there and start designing the, the user flows, the you know everything that they would need to kind of spell out what it should really feel like to use whatever you're designing. And FigJam is a whiteboarding product. So it's more really for anyone to just go in there and brainstorm things together with sticky notes and all kinds of stuff like that. So we'll dig in. I want to dig into Fig Jam here here in a little bit. Uh, But for Figma, I I had read uh, I read one quote um, uh, from Dylan, y'all CEO, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Figma getting early on kind of one of the focuses was Chromebooks and, and building this for the web, obviously. And uh, where was the quote? It was in this Forbes article talking about, uh, you know, we were we were testing it on Chromebooks in the early days and all of that. We love hearing that sort of stuff, obviously. Um, you know, we've been we've been telling everybody about Chromebooks for a really long time and any sort of kind of cloud-based collaborative software is is obviously right up our alley. So, so f- in Figma, folks uh, can do prototyping, right? So they're they're not only just working on um, kind of flat design. Like this isn't just for. I'm sure people could, if they wanted to, build uh, or design a a flyer, right, or a birthday card or whatever. But within the within the 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 web based software, you're actually la- able to kind of link through different. This click goes here, and and you can actually like prototype an app or a website. Am I am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like you said, you can definitely use it for graphic design type use cases if you're building out you know a brand for something and a bunch of collateral. But primarily, our bread and butter is in building designing applications. So you know companies like Google and Uber, New York Times, Microsoft, whoever are using it as their main way to kind of illustrate and, and prototype out their their core experiences that customers use for their products. Uh, I can't remember who it was. 
it might have been it might have been Andy Russell uh, and I who were talking about screencast and some of the other products that that uh, Google was working on but we were talking about the the figma uh, partnership with Google and he said something and I might be misquoting him I'd have to go back and look or maybe you know that that Google and the design team at Google are doing all of their wireframes and prototyping in figma do you do you know of this yeah yeah I mean so it is a pretty large team. Obviously, there's tons of designers at Google. Um, and while I can't speak to every individual team, there's a huge user base there of people designing their core experiences in Figma every day. So over the past couple of years, it's definitely become the predominant tool for not just kind of wireframing, but really yeah, prototyping out and, and uh, figuring out what the core experiences should really feel like. And a big reason for that is that it's, it's one of the only really collaborative tools out there for this, meaning it's a lot like Google. Docs, the way that you could just have two people on your team or more jumping into a file together and, and creating things in real time. Yeah, in that uh, you can add you can add like annotations, right? You can add even like voice memos within there to be like, hey, what about this? Have you thought about this? It's like it's co collaborative, but like even a whole nother level of collaborative, which which I love. Yeah, there's both like when you're in a jam session at the same time when you're making something, but also with things like comments uh, and app mentioning folks, you're right. Like you could also be collaborating when you're not even at the same place in the same time. You could just be looking at files. And uh, one of the what's cool things is if you are a designer at Google, for example, um, it used to be pretty tricky to like find a file from a, from a teammate and like just start riffing on it or discover what kind of work is happening in your company. But because Figma has everything in one platform, you can just search for like, I want to know every project that's working on onboarding at the company. And you can actually discover and find all these great files that you can just directly kind of, you know, riff on or collaborate with, which, you know, when you're working more in the open in that way, it just lets you do a lot better work. You're making sure you're not, you know, reinventing the wheel on new patterns if someone else at the company has been doing the same thing. Sure. It's like this, you know, like design transparency where, where in, in the past, you know, um, we, we, uh, me and, and Robbie and Gabriel, the partners here, we all met at a, a, a design and, and marketing firm, a PR firm. And, uh, you know, you might be working on a certain file in Illustrator and someone else is working on a different file in Illustrator and you're trying to like share notes back and forth via email. Uh, and and this is like, you know, totally, totally fixing that and and on the web, you know, right, which is which is what we always love. You know, what was obviously the collaboration side of things um, is is a main reason for this kind of web centric platform. But what what's maybe some of the story of why this was built for like the web first like what what was what was the thinking and in 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 kind of process to get to where figma is now yeah um great question and you know i know that when dylan and, and evan the original founders kind of got together they met at the computer science department at brown and they were both really into new technologies and trying to figure out you know what kind of product to build and they had worked on everything from photo editing to meme generators and all kinds of stuff before they kind of realized there was a huge opportunity to build um, really high quality professional design tools in the browser. Um, and not really anyone had been doing that at that time, in part because it was probably hard to do then and uh, tricky for, for folks to figure out um, how to get that to work. And, and also people didn't realize the potential of what it would feel like to, to work in more of a Google Docs X kind of way. And so I think, you know, as they were building it, they just kind of quickly realized that 
um, there was a huge need because so many companies had all of their information about what they were building distributed across so many different places. I think a, a common problem people would talk about is there was no single source of truth. Because even if you could find that Illustrator file you were talking about, there's a good chance that by the time you found it, it was out of date because it wasn't on the web and it wasn't real time. And so I think by having everything in the browser, just like a Google Doc, it just works and it's just up to date. You can trust that it is a good single source of truth for your teams. And so I think it caught on pretty quickly once people realized that, you know, they were losing a lot of time by working off of the wrong specs, right? An engineer might be building from a file that's, that's old and not up to date and not know otherwise. But when it's online, you can even just you just immediately see right there, you know, which files people are working in, which ones are the truly like the latest one to work from. And so it would both save companies a lot of money from building the wrong products, but more importantly, it would allow them to, to build and iterate faster because they could just jump into a file and really improve um, the back and forth rather than writing up notes in an email. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think about, uh, you know, so many of these startups and, and, um, you know, apps that were created where, um, they were moving quickly. They were moving very quickly and, and designing quickly and kind of breaking stuff quickly and, and trying to kind of get real-time feedback and and being able to have this sort of collaborative process and, and, and see these files, you know, moving back and forth without having to share stuff is is just incredible. And, um, you know, like this whole idea of, of working in sprints too and being able to uh, do a six-week cycle, right, where you're able to really collaborate that whole time instead of wasting in that six-week sprint really turning into two because you didn't have the files or whatever you know um yeah i had read some quote somewhere and i'm gonna i'm gonna forget again which article it was from i was doing my research and clicking around on different stuff but it was basically like you know yeah google docs was the web version for for word and in word processing you know github was like the web version for code in that sort of thing and now you've got figma which is like the fix for design and, and prototyping, uh, and I and I love that. Let's talk a little bit about Fig Jam because uh, as I was as I was reading a little bit, I love some of this backstory of 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 how kind of Fig Jam came to be. And and you know you said it's it's this you know collaborative whiteboarding, but tell folks a little bit more about this 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 product and how they might use it. But then also like the little bit of the backstory of how it kind of came to be through through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, super excited about Fig Jam. I mean, we launched it officially a little over a year ago, and uh, it was definitely a product born out of the realization that so many companies were working remotely through the pandemic and and needed a, a much easier way to collaborate on all kinds of work. And um, I think you know, even prior to Fig Jam, we were seeing people use Figma actually for a lot of use cases like this. Even though we had built Figma to be about prototyping and designing apps and workflows, people were actually using it to host offsites for their teams and companies. They were going in there and maybe even sketching out like a floor plan or whatever for their homes and all kinds of stuff that was far outside of what I think we would have imagined initially. And so we realized that you know, if you're someone who hasn't used design tools for a long time, it might be intimidating to learn a tool that has a lot of these like really professional grade, tons and tons of features to it. And what would happen if instead we simplified it dramatically so that anyone could just come in and use it? And so Fig Jam really starts from that philosophy. It starts from the idea that we want anyone, no matter if they have a design degree or not, to be able to come in here and collaborate visually. 
And so by doing that, you know, we decided to simplify things and make a, a toolbar at the bottom of the whiteboarding interface that is super friendly and tactile. It has sticky notes that you can see right away or a big pen. Whereas if you're in a professional tool, like you kind of want the interface to almost get out of the way so you can focus on what you're really designing in high amounts of detail. And so the needs of these products, it's been really cool to see us evolve them over time so that we can really make sure they're serving the needs of the people using them. And so you know, FigJam has already grown a ton in popularity since we started it and since it's come out because it's so easy to use, easy to jump into and just kind of like, honestly, it's replaced most of the way we have meetings now at the company. And as we're seeing, even companies like Google as well are doing this where, you know, instead of having a conversation over Zoom where you might just be jotting notes down in a doc somewhere, you have this whiteboard together where you can jump in and, you know, whether it's a retro you're organizing, um, whether you're just brainstorming ideas for a new feature, um, whatever it might be, it's just really easy to get in there and, and um, hopefully have a lot of fun doing it. We have things like stickers and widgets. You can roll a dice or jump in and, um, you know, randomize who's going next if you're taking turns speaking, all kinds of fun stuff that, you know, you, you can kind of uh, take the things that work about a physical whiteboard and, and augment them in a digital world to be a lot more playful. Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. Yeah. And it's it's that uh, I'm assuming it's all, you know, completely kind of uh, free form floating and you can because that's the thing about a, a whiteboard, right? Like that's the thing. That's the reason we love the whiteboard. It's the reason I write notes a lot of times rather than typing because typing is linear, right? You get these this line and then this line and you can't draw an arrow and be like, well, but back up to this thing. And, you know, what about this and how does this go down here? Right. And so, you know, you all are creating that in 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 a virtual space and especially giving that tool to folks during the pandemic when everyone was trying to figure out, like, how do we have meetings anymore? We're going to all sit around on Skype all day. <laughs> these these endless Skype meetings that nobody liked. Uh, so adding this like collaboration to it, yeah, it's it's something that that we're we're definitely interested in. You know, we love having uh, digital versions of things, even if we can maybe have some conversation on the physical whiteboard. But then for the the remote employees, for our for our remote employees, being able to do this this virtual thing whenever we want to have a full team chat. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be using that uh, in the near future. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So so these both of these products, um, uh, free services, subscription based services. How are how are folks if 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 they're like, wow, this sounds amazing. I want to go try out both of these. How how can you access them? Yeah, definitely. So because it's just a web based product, you can just go to Figma.com and and get Fig, Figma and FigJam for free right away um, and try it out. Um, we do have, of course, uh, paid tiers depending on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're just kind of exploring on your own and, and doing, you know, whether it's drawing something in, in Figma or doing a quick lightweight collaborative session 
and fake jam, you can do that. But if you're more of a company or a team with lots of people collaborating on lots of files, uh, then we definitely have paid tiers for that, which give you access to even more features. So there's a, definitely a free plan that we recommend. And also for education purposes, it's free uh, for everyone. And so, you know, when folks validate their um, education domain or things like that, um, they can use the, the professional tier for free as well. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, this was some this was some some pretty big news that when we saw this come out, we were like, whoa, this is this is this is really cool. Um, you know, Google partners with Figma to to give students access to, you know, professional design tools and prototyping tools. So how did this come about and and what is kind of that EDU focus? And it was that like a shift for you all or, or was it kind of natural? Like, how did this come to be? Yeah, good question. Um, I, in some ways, I think it was pretty natural because there's a lot of similarities in the kinds of things Google and Chromebooks are, are trying to do and a lot of the things we're trying to do, right? Just, you know, make it easier to get access to information um, no matter who you are, where you are, and um, ideally in a free, you know, easy to use kind of way. And so I think there's a lot of similarities and alignments there when you think about what a school would like to do with a Chromebook and make it easy to open it and do all your basic tasks, whether it's, you know, document writing or email. Um, we think visual collaboration like with Fig Jam and Figma is, is it one of those primitive core tasks that you'd want to do uh, in those environments. And so, um, you know, we were really excited to partner with Google and basically, you know, give U.S. high school students and educators, you know, free access to this tool and make sure that it's just there right away when you open that Chromebook for the first time and you can just kind of jump in and start making things. And it's been honestly amazing to see how many different educators and students have been using it for things far outside of, I think, what I would have imagined, you know, five years ago when we started working on some of this. And, you know, you're just seeing, you know, anything from like professional grade things for high school students that are getting into entrepreneurship or technology classes, because those students might be building, you know, high fidelity prototypes and maybe even connecting their designs to code in some way. Um, or maybe there's school clubs that are designing assets for like a yearbook or something. But with FigJam, it's it's expanded the range of classes dramatically because you can imagine using it for any kind of class, whether you're doing an icebreaker, a class brainstorm, mapping out anything visual, like a historical timeline of something or a science class that's like looking at a bunch of diagrams and annotating them together. Um, it's kind of amazing to see how many different uh, use cases kind of prop up once you have access, right? Once you can actually use one of these tools. So, so is this targeted uh, or is the partnership through K through 12 or is it a high school level thing? Yeah, we're primarily working with uh, high school students. Um, you know, if you are a K through 12, there are, of course, like some policies that make it tricky for some access. I forget the COPA, I think is the name of that policy. We can look that more of that up later. But um, so primarily working at high school students, but definitely we're seeing usage uh, across the board from from other uh, classrooms as well. But the, the primary part of the partnership is for high schools. Yeah, I would think like the technicality of this and, and you know, uh, the skill set level, you know, uh, would, would lend itself better to that that, you know, nine through through 12th grade. Yeah, I think for for Figma, that's definitely true. For Fig Jam, the hope is that it's easy enough that anyone can really just get in there and start drawing. Yeah. So you mentioned something about kind of connecting to code. So this is one thing uh, Andy and I, uh, Andy Russell and I chat about just briefly, but this kind of idea of of not only design and how design is is in everything, right? Uh, if you're um, uh, designing an app or designing a website or whatever, uh, but then there's just design all around us. So teaching kind of the fundamentals of design uh, through through something like Figma, but then also this this computer science side of it as well, and and the ability to actually uh, create some code from this and 
if they're prototyping an app, maybe being able to see some of that. Can you so can you explain a little bit about how that works and in what what use cases there might be for that? Yeah, I actually think there's a bunch of different ones we could cover. I mean, so FigJam, for example, has even something called code widgets, which are these code blocks that you can drop onto the canvas and actually just start typing code together in a collaborative way and actually see a couple code blocks side by side. And if you're teaching, it's probably a really great way to like start to annotate and discuss and add notes about what's working and what isn't. And people even could learn through creating those widgets to begin with if they wanted to. We have all kinds of resources on how to build your own collaborative tools. But but then there's the other side of it, which you alluded to, which is when you're designing real products, like how does that relate to, to code? How does the work that you're drawing out visually map to what your engineers would need if they're building it out? And what's cool about being a web-based product is a lot of these concepts that a web developer might be drawing out, whether they're just kind of writing some HTML and CSS, you know, at the end of the day, they're all the same kind of visual constructs that we would need when you're drawing a rectangle on a screen like Figma. And so we have all kinds of projects in the works. Uh, some of them are already out. Things like you can click on a component and very quickly inspect uh, the code aspects of it. You can see what CSS would be used to render it um, you know, in a pretty clear way. And we've got all kinds of new investments I can't quite talk about yet in this area because we think that it's a huge opportunity to help designers and developers work a lot more closely together so that they can really be speaking the same language. Because at the end of the day, like they're going to be drawn, the developer needs, you know, to figure out how to create these visual constructs, the designer's doing the same thing. And so how can you make those worlds feel more close? Yeah. And, and sometimes they are, they're, they're saying the same thing, but saying it in two totally different ways and not <laughs> communicating. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, right after, right after, uh, uh, college i was working with a startup that was in the process of building an app and but i just wanted to look like this well yeah we can do this 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 i just wanted to look like this yeah there's always that that disconnect that's in, that's interesting yeah i'm excited to see i'm excited to see some of that uh that work that's that's interesting um you know and it's and it's crazy as you're kind of going through all of this the one thing i kind of keep coming back to is just how how web technologies have evolved so much to allow for all of this happening like it's incredible you know we were we were building websites uh, you know i've i've been in kind of the web development space for gosh several 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 years and seeing seeing the evolution there is cool but you all are just taking it to like a whole different level it's it's incredible yeah i mean and honestly that's a whole other side of the partnership here is you know if we as we're building this uncover chromium bugs or things like that it's so great to have the partnership with google to just kind of reach out and be like hey like here's some things that apis we might be missing or other kinds of things and it's it's really amazing to see how incredible that team is and how much we've been able to work together to make sure that this product is, you know, as performant um, and using these cutting edge technologies as possible. I love that. I didn't even think about that. That's incredible. So, um, so if someone were to, if a student say is, is building a, a, a wireframe for a, a, a web page, or maybe they're, they're working on an app, what is that process like if they wanted to actually try to, to create that, that app and, and maybe even try to launch that app? What, what would that process be like going from Figma to whatever that next step is? And I don't even know. So educate me here. I'm not even <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, it will depend a lot on, you know, if you're talking about um, an individual just by themselves doing something versus a designer at a large company that has infrastructure 
infrastructure in place. And so um, happy to touch on both. Um, you know, if you're an individual, like you mentioned, uh, then you would open Figma. You would start to, you might even start with FigJam if you're just figuring out what it is you're trying to build, right? If you're just in the like brainstorming phase, you'd probably start with FigJam. You'd do some research. You might capture some screenshots from uh, different companies that are doing similar things to you and uh, and start to kind of flesh out maybe even a storyboard of like, what is the journey that an average user is going to come across when they use this product? And eventually it'll start to take shape. Uh, you'll start to have a better sense of what screens you need. And then you move over to Fig Figma at that point to, to really wireframe out or design out each of the screens that are important. And let's say you're building a mobile app, you would, you would even be able to use Figma's prototyping tools to actually like connect different parts of that flow so that you could hand your phone to someone um, who doesn't have to know anything about Figma and show them a demo and have them click on the different parts of your interface that you've created. Um, and, you know, then there's, of course, the whole other step, like you mentioned, of like, how do you go from that to building it? Um, but the interesting thing here is that sometimes the hardest part, of course, there's the aspect of building it, but it's making sure you're building the right thing. And so I think Figma really focuses on how do we help you make sure that you are building the right thing so you don't end up spending six months or a year designing something, handing it off to engineers, building it, and then it turned out that wasn't actually what customers wanted or it wasn't easy to use. So really, we think that a whole part of uh, one of the most important parts of the journey is just prototyping it to begin with and, and having people try it out. But then, of course, when you build it, you know, you'd want to figure out what architecture you're going to use, what way you want to, and you might use any number of tools for that. So it kind of depends. And we don't want Figma to be too prescriptive there because the reality is there are so many different programming environments that might be successful for different needs. And so we kind of try to remain a bit agnostic and let you maybe switch in the inspect panel, for example. We let you switch between iOS code samples, Android code samples, and HTML. Yeah, so you can kind of get a sense for what you know environment you might be in. You can also, people build plugins. Um, Figma has an open API that's pretty easy to use and would allow folks to integrate directly with their environment in different ways. So some companies, like I know um, GitHub even, for their icon set, I think it was called like Octacons, was designed in Figma and they wrote this plugin that let them immediately import all of those icons uh, into their code base so that if they made a change in the icon set, they could just run this plugin and have all the code behind the scenes be updating their environment. And so this kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you're making a change to your front end, you can imagine living in a future world where any change you make is almost real time in the application. Um, and so I think that's kind of what it starts to get to over time, we hope. Yeah. There's there's so many like there's so many cool applications here and especially like you said like you all can really kind of have this 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 process this design process from now fig jam all the way through the full kind of design uh, process which is which is which is interesting like I love that um, I, I do want to go back I forgot to hit on this and I was I was I was I was th looking through my notes here um, for education folks so when um, with this partnership when Chromebooks get deployed, is Figma, uh, is it an app? Uh, is it like a PWA that's already installed? Or is it, uh, uh, how are you all encouraging students to go to uh, Figma once they've opened up their Chromebook? Is it is it pre-installed in any sort of way? Or is this just something that you all are encouraging students to go check out? Yeah, good question. I think it'll depend on the environment that's set up ahead of time. For those that are working through the partnership, we do have tools for admins to deploy it easily for their schools so that they would just see it naturally as one of the apps directly on your screen. Um, so you can get right into it. For others that either haven't gone through that partnership or are doing it their own way, they might just 
simply go to the website if they need to and um, do it that way. Sure. Is this fully rolled out? Like, is this is this in beta or anything right now? Or is this something that educators that might be listening uh, it can can go check out right now? Because I, I feel like I remember there was a beta phase at one point, but I, I can't remember the yeah, details. Yeah, so you, right now it is technically in beta. And so what you do is you go to figma.com slash Chromebooks and you just apply right there. Um, and so that's really the way to go for now. And that just allows us, of course, to continue to learn as we go and figure out if this is easy enough for school administrators to get going with. And so, yeah, right now it is a beta. Um, but of course, that shouldn't stop anyone who is looking to just get started and, and learn it right away if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is an amazing resource. Like this is an incredible resource for educators. And, and uh, as we've kind of sat here and talked through it, I'm thinking of all these different applications and ways that it could be used. So definitely encourage encourage if you're listening to this if you're an educator or school faculty definitely go check this out uh, we'll make sure to link everything down in the show notes and everything um one other thing i want to hit on uh is is a is a uh, edu focused conference that you all are doing uh what's the uh what's the name again um, oh commons yeah commons yeah. yeah so tell folks a little bit about about commons and what you all are trying to do with that yeah we're super excited about this it's our first time running a virtual conference for educators um and so commons uh which happens on august 16th and 17th coming up soon um, basically tries to just elevate diverse educator voices and inspire new ideas of what's possible if people can create things together really easily. And so it's a free event. Um, I'm actually going to be speaking on a panel for it. Um, and so a couple of Everyone us, has to tune uh, in. Go watch Noah. <laughs> yeah, you got to join that part. Um, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, the hope is that just it is a place for people to talk about education, to talk about what you know role um, being able to create things together plays in that. And um, we're super excited to see how it goes. That's 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 awesome. As excited as, as we are uh, about any sort of kind of cloud computing uh, software that's out there, like anything that we can find to tell folks to go try out that they can do in a browser, uh, is something we want to we want to talk about. So we do really appreciate you taking the time to kind of chat through a little bit of what you all have been working on. But but what's kind of uh, what what's something that you're excited about? What's kind of the what what's kind of the next thing or or kind of something that you've been working on that you're just super excited about? Oh, how do I pick just one? Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't have to There's, be just one. It could be whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, one. One thing that could be good to touch on, um, you know, we've talked about like the role that Figma and FigJam are starting to play um, on Chromebooks and education. But one, there's something almost behind that idea that that could be interesting to touch on, which is just like, what does it mean to teach design to people? What does it mean to not just learn a tool, but learn a practice of design in, in more places? And, you know, obviously, you know, this has been a huge part of my life personally, designing for a long time. And I've just seen how much it can change um, anything from companies to the way that you learn. Like design process teaches you a lot about asking questions to understand your environment, to, to break down problems and to solve them. And I think that practice is something that could be taught um, a lot earlier in different ways. Um, it's not just, you know, making things look nice and, um, but it's about solving problems in a way that is easy to use for people. And so I, I, one thing I would mention that I'm excited about is just like to think about how design education in general can improve and, and can help people, whether or not they pursue a career in it, um, can actually like learn really important collaborative skills, research skills, um, you know, build emotional intelligence because so much of our job is understanding people like in college 
college, I had to study psychology. It was a requirement um, in the, the program I took because that's a big part. We're only making things for people. So, you know, understanding how, you know, how we think, how we work is a big part of that. And that just seems like a useful life skill. So that's that's definitely one thing I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, you know, and when it comes to, to Figma things, I mean, definitely Fig Jam is very top of mind lately. Just this idea that, you know, we're expanding reach to this tool that allows people to make things together. Um, and just thinking in particular about one of the trends that I've noticed is, you know, what's the balance at work between when you're having a meeting in real time and when you're working asynchronously? And I think that's a theme that um, is really top of mind for us because both are important in a remote world, right? Like you need a moment where you're jamming together on something and, um, and just seeing where those ideas can flow. But you also need a way, if you're in a different time zone or don't have access to that meeting, whatever it might be, um, to still participate in the process and to contribute an idea and do it easily. And so I think that's definitely a theme that I'm excited about is like, what's the balance of our product? For example, in Fig Jam, we have a timer and you can like set activities against a timer and and really just like help each other stay kind of you know focused for that time block, which is a great synchronous use case, but it may not be relevant if you're working and looking at a file later. So I think there's all kinds of stuff in those two areas that that come up, and that's definitely one top of mind thing for me. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I had a uh, uh, I had a uh, a summer program that I did, and and my focus during that was was learning Illustrator. And it was super basic, but I was I was interested in design stuff and didn't didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. And so I was like, I'll do this. This is this is fun. And so much of it was was the emotion that you're creating, this whole user experience, right? Of of design and and uh, kind of that 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 emotional side of it. And I think it's incredible that you all are building a tool that's teaching folks that and and that. Um, you know that that's everywhere. It's in the apps that we use every single day. Mm-hmm. When you open up Instagram and and scroll through, if you're opening up whatever productivity tool totally. that you use or whatever, there's design there. Um, and so I think you all creating um, you know this collaborative and web based platform that's kind of everywhere, right? And that's that's the thing that we love about Chrome OS and the web is uh, this this kind of full distribution of something, right, and available to anybody who wants to go check it out. So we love it. Yep. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This has been so much fun, and I hope that I hope that everybody uh, learned a few things. I sure did. So we'll make sure to link all the, all the stuff that we chatted about down in the down in the show notes. But but yeah, Noah, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate you uh, joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. All right, we'll catch up. We'll catch up again soon. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.